Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 51 of the Money Love Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite financial tools, which are sinking funds. I have mentioned sinking funds and the concept of them in past episodes, and we have spent a little time talking about them. But in today's episode, we're really going to take the time to do a deep dive into them. Sinking funds are a tool that I believe can really up-level your finances. I always say, like, if you want to give yourself a money makeover, give your money a facelift, sinking funds are the way to do that. I am such a fan of them because I really believe that when you use them and you use them effectively, you gain a sense of control over your money. I always say we want to be in control We want to hold the power with our finances. We want to have control over our money instead of our money having control over us. And the truth is, is that although sinking funds are such a powerful tool that can be utilized within your financial strategy, a lot of people do not utilize sinking funds. And because of that, so many manage their finances in a way that is very reactive rather than proactive. They wait until something pops up even though they know that the thing that pops up, they know it's coming. And then they have what I call an oh crap moment, like, oh crap, I forgot about this. Oh crap, I forgot about that because they don't have the money to pay for the expense. But instead, with sinking funds, what you can do is you can be proactive because you are planning ahead. You are being future focused. You're not cut off guard when these expenses pop up. You're ready and you're prepared because you've been saving for them for a period of time. I really do believe that if you want to take your finances to the next level, sinking funds are the way to do that. Now, I will say right off the bat that this is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to want to take out a piece of paper and take some notes. If you can't do that, if you're driving or just doing something else, listen to this episode all the way through, but then definitely come back when you can take notes. This episode is going to be very practical. It's going to be jam-packed. We're going to cover a lot of ground today. But as I always say, please don't just absorb the knowledge from this episode and then do nothing with it. I really encourage you to take your time with this process. The process of learning what sinking funds are, giving intentional thought to what sinking funds you can start for yourself, And then, like I said, actually taking the steps, applying what we talk about today to your own unique financial situation. I encourage you to listen to this episode a couple of times, take notes, pause where you need to pause. All right, just take your time, be thorough here. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what a sinking fund is. We're going to talk about how to identify what your sinking fund categories should be. We're going to cover the different types of sinking funds and how to actually calculate what you need to be contributing to each sinking fund, each paycheck or each month. And lastly, we're going to be talking about how to keep your sinking funds organized and how to actually track the money that is going in and out of them. Okay, sound good? Let's just dive in. We have a lot to cover. So let's start by talking about what a sinking fund actually is. 
A sinking fund is a pool of money that you are going to save up gradually over time for a larger expense that you will incur at some point in the future, normally within the next 12 months time. So think of a sinking fund like a miniature savings account, but it's for something specific. Essentially, what you're doing is you are planning ahead for larger expenses that you know are coming your way in the next year that you don't want to completely cover out of pocket or go into debt to pay for when they come up. So a really just easy common example of a sinking fund is a Christmas sinking fund. What a lot of people do every year when Christmas rolls around is they go into debt to pay for Christmas or they dip into their emergency savings or they have to drastically cut back or alter their normal spending in other areas to cover what they need to pay for Christmas. But if you have a Christmas sinking fund, you can actually be saving for Christmas all year long. So instead of getting to the start of December, December 1st every year, and being like, okay, I need $600 to pay for Christmas. Where am I going to find $600? Am I going to put it on a credit card? Am I going to dip into my emergency fund? That's what most people do. But instead, what you can do is instead of getting to December 1st and trying to find $600 somewhere, you can instead save $50 each month so that when it comes time for Christmas, you have your $600 sitting there ready to go. There's no stress. There's no debt. There's no moving money around or having to take drastic measures to come up with the money. Here's why I love sinking funds so much and why I think that they are so transformational for your finances. A common excuse or belief that I hear a lot is when people tell me or they say, they're like, Paige, there's just always something. There's always something that comes up that throws things off. And I just feel like every single month, there's something that I have to pay for that I'm not prepared for. And that is why I can't make progress with my money. It's also why I feel incredibly frustrated with my finances in general, because I just feel like I'm never ready. I'm never prepared. I can't get ahead. And while I can totally understand where people are coming from when they say that, yes, of course it is frustrating. Saying, oh, there's just always something. That is one of the most disempowering thoughts and beliefs that you can have when it comes to your finances because it makes it seem like these expenses are just happening to us. They are just like falling out of the sky. Like there's nothing that we can do to prepare for them, to be proactive and to get ready for them. We just have to be at the mercy of them. And yes, of course, the unexpected happens. Things break. People and pets get sick and hurt, and it costs money for us to fix those problems in our life that arise. Emergencies happen, but that is the purpose of your emergency fund. And I do want to clarify that your sinking funds will be separate from your emergency fund. I've talked about in a past episode, it's the episode that's just called Saving Money, I break down, okay, you're going to have your emergency fund and your rainy day fund. But to be clear, your sinking funds are separate from your emergency fund. Your emergency fund should be a couple thousand dollars, depending on your situation. And your emergency fund is exactly for this. It is to cover emergencies, which are things that are important and urgent that you need to fix and address right now when those things cost money. 
Use your emergency fund for those things. But let's all be honest with each other here. 95% of the things that we say that just pop up, right? Or when we say like, oh, there's always something, 95% of the somethings we know are coming. But we act like it's a total surprise so that we're not at fault and ultimately so that we don't have to take full ownership and full responsibility for the financial results that we create. But for most things, we know they're coming. Let's just be real. You know every year that you're going to have to renew your Amazon Prime membership. You know every year that you're going to have to renew your car registration. You know every year that your dogs are going to need their annual vaccinations. You know every year you're going to have to buy school supplies for a new year. You know throughout the year that you're going to need money for gifts, for wedding gifts, baby shower gifts, birthday gifts, graduation gifts. We know this. There are so many examples of this. But when these things come up, most of us act like it's our first rodeo. And it's not. We know these things. 90% of people will not get ready for them. And then they act shocked when they pop up. And I get it. A lot of times we're like, oh, I'll just deal with it when it comes up. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. I understand that in the moment, that seems like the best option and the best choice. We think it's a lot more fun and entertaining just to impulsively spend, spend, spend in the moment instead of preparing for what's coming in the future. But that is not what is in your financial best interest. And it's also not what feels best long term. I want to tell you, you know what feels amazing long term? What feels amazing is when an expense comes up and you are ready for it. You've got the money because you've been preparing and you've been saving. The money is sitting there. It is ready to go. And when you get to spend that money, you get to spend it with an energy that is calm and assured and confident. Now, that is what feels truly amazing. And that is what sinking funds give you. They give you clarity. They give you confidence. They give you control with your money. All right. So hopefully at this point, you are sold on on sinking funds. Can't see why you wouldn't be. I hope that you're clear at this point of what they are and the purpose that they serve. So the rest of the episode, let's talk about which ones you need, how to know how much to contribute to them, and practically how they're going to look within your everyday life. The first thing that we have to do is we have to identify what sinking funds you actually need. If right now you don't have any sinking funds, you're starting from scratch, I would recommend starting out with no more than five in the beginning. Just keep it as simple as you can at first. The more comfortable and confident you get with your sinking funds, you can add more over time. But start with five, and here is how you can identify which sinking funds you need. I want you to spend some time taking a look at the expenses that you have that are infrequent, which means that they're not happening every single month. These are not things that you're paying for consistently. They happen sporadically. And they're also expenses that you don't want to or you cannot cover them out of pocket when they arise. Here are just some really common examples of some sinking funds that I see a lot with myself and also with my clients. So home maintenance is one, car maintenance, travel, expenses with your pets, holidays, gifts. So like I said, birthday gifts, anniversary gifts, wedding gifts, baby shower gifts, annual expenses. So these are your expenses that you pay once a year. So I have an annual expense sinking fund, and I use that sinking fund to pay for my AAA renewal, my Amazon Prime membership, all of my credit card annual fees, 
some of my Apple subscriptions that bill me every single year, things like that. Insurance premiums, if you only pay your insurance every six months or once a year. Medical expenses is another common one. There are a lot of other sinking funds that you can create and start based on your own personal finances, but those that I just listed to you are the heavy hitters. And if you're newer with sinking funds, there's probably five within there that you can pick that would apply to your situation. Now, here's the easiest way to identify which sinking funds that you actually need. I encourage you to take 30 minutes to an hour of your time. Again, I know it seems like a lot of time, but it is worth it for the amount of stress and frustration it's going to save you throughout the year. Sit down and go through the past year of expenses. I know it seems like a lot, but just take the time, go look through your bank statements, pull up your credit card history, just go through your credit cards and see what you have spent in the last year, the expenses that match this characterization. Expenses that are infrequent, that are going to come up again, that you want to start saving for now instead of having to completely cover them out of pocket when they come up. I will tell you as well, I want to come back to this annual expense sinking fund. I think that this is a really amazing sinking fund for a lot of us to have. I know that a lot of us have a lot of annual expenses that might be in the $100 to $200 range. And instead of breaking those out individually, so for me, instead of having an individual sinking fund for Amazon Prime and an individual sinking fund for AAA, what I do is I combine all of those things into an annual expense sinking fund. I total them all up. I figure out annually what I need to cover all of those expenses. And then that's the amount that I save every single month. So my annual expense sinking fund covers a lot of different things. And then within YNAB, I have a line item for my annual expense sinking fund, and there's a note section where you can write notes. And if you go look at the notes for that line item, I have all of my annual expenses, when they're going to bill me, and for how much, so that I can always reference that. So go through your expenses. Take some time here. Be thorough. Make a list of all of the expenses that you want to be proactive with. All the expenses that in the past year you looked back and you're like, oh yeah, that was an expense that I forgot about. That was an expense that surprised me. That was an expense that I had to put on a credit card at the time because I didn't have the money to pay for it. And moving forward, I want to be much more proactive with planning for that expense. Those are all expenses and categories that are perfect and are great candidates for sinking funds. So Go through and identify the top five that you want to start saving for. Before we move on, I do want to make this point, is that with sinking funds, this is going to be a journey, you guys, okay? You are not going to get it perfect right away. You're not. But perfection is never what we strive for here in this community, ever. You'll probably go throughout your year and you might identify certain expenses or certain areas that come up that you realize, oh... I think I might need a sinking fund for this. So then at that point, you can create one. You also might right off the bat create a sinking fund. And after a period of time, you kind of realize like, ah, I don't really think I need a sinking fund for this. So I'm going to turn this into something else or I'm going to do something else with this money. That's no big deal. Progress in the right direction is all we are after here. Okay. So that is the first step is identifying what sinking funds you want to create. After you've done that and you have your list of sinking funds that you know you want to create, the next step is figuring out how much money you want to contribute 
to each sinking fund, either each paycheck or each month. Now, here's how we're going to do this. There's two factors that go into determining how much you're going to put into each sinking fund. The first factor is how much money you need overall, the amount that you want to have saved. And the second factor is time. And the time piece is really what differentiates the two different types of sinking funds. So let's talk about the two different types of sinking funds really fast. The first type of sinking funds are going to be sinking funds that I call time-bound sinking funds. These are sinking funds that have a specific date of when you know you are going to need the money. So for instance, the Christmas example that I gave you, that's a great example because Christmas is the same day every single year. Birthdays, same day every year. If you have an insurance premium, you know when your insurance premium is going to be due. Annual memberships, you know when the annual membership is going to charge you. If there is a deadline, if you have a date of when you know you're going to need the money, that is a time-bound sinking fund. And when you're first creating your sinking funds, what you need to do is you need to look at how much time you have between right now and when the money is due. So again, very easy example. Let's just go back to our Christmas example. Let's just say you're sitting here early September of 2021. You have nothing saved for Christmas so far. But in your head, you say, okay, what I'm going to try to do is by the end of November, by December 1st, I'm going to try to have $300 saved for Christmas. You would simply just look at how much time do I have between now and then? And the easiest way to do this is to either look at how many months do I have or how many paychecks am I going to be receiving between now and then? And then all you're going to do is you're going to take the total amount that you want to save and you can do it either way. You can do it by, hey, every month I want to contribute a certain month or every paycheck I receive, I want to put a certain amount out of each paycheck into the sinking fund. I do my sinking funds monthly, but I do know that there's a lot of people that do them per paycheck. That is up to you. But all you're going to do is you're going to take the amount that you want to save and the amount of time that you have to get there. So in that example, we have about three months, September, October, November. Very quick, easy math, $300 divided by three months means that you're going to be saving $100 a month between now and Christmas. Now, with time-bound sinking funds, the cool part about these is that when you first create them, you might be saving more in the beginning until you get to that first payout of the money, so to speak, right? So right now, you only have three months to save $300. But once you pay for Christmas 2021, you can start looking ahead to Christmas 2022. And instead of only having three months to save that $300, now you have a full 12 months to save that $300. So instead of having to save $100 a month, now you only have to save $25 a month. Do you see my math here? 25 times 12 is 300. With a time-bound sinking fund, when you first create the sinking fund, it's really important to look at how much time do I have between now and when I'm going to need the money. Do that math to figure out your contribution amount. Take the amount that you need to save, divide it by the time. Once you make that first payout, though, you should have another 12 months or you should have more time to then save up the same amount of money which means you can recalculate your contribution amount for those time-bound sinking funds. That's the first type of sinking fund. The second type of sinking funds are the sinking funds that are not time-bound. I simply just refer to these as annual contribution sinking funds. 
These are sinking funds where you're saving up money for things, where you're not necessarily sure when you're going to need the money, but you're just pretty sure that you will need the money at some point. So sinking funds to cover home maintenance or home repairs, a sinking fund to cover car repairs, sinking funds to cover unexpected medical expenses, expenses with your pets, expenses with your kids. We all know that things come up throughout the year, things happen that we don't necessarily know when it's going to happen. Like we don't know when our car is going to need a costly repair, but we can pretty much just guarantee that eventually it's going to need one. We don't necessarily know what trips we're going to be taking in the next 12 months, but we do know that we probably will want to travel at some point in the next 12 months. So with these types of sinking funds, you don't necessarily know when you're going to need the money. You just know that eventually you probably will need the money. And for these sinking funds, what I want you to do is I just want you to start with identifying how much money you want to save for them on an annual basis, and then just take that number and divide it by 12, 12 for 12 months. Again, if you want to go the paycheck route, you can divide it by how many paychecks you receive in a year. And that is the number that you will contribute out of each paycheck. Okay, so to walk through an example with this one, let's just say you have a car sinking fund and you're like, okay, in my car sinking fund, I want to have enough money to cover my car deductible. I want to have enough money to pay for my re-registration every year. And I want to have a couple extra hundred bucks just to cover standard maintenance with my car. So you do the math and you're like, every single year, I want to save $900 for my car. So all you're going to do is you're going to take $900 and divide that by 12 which will give you the amount that you need to contribute every single month. So when you do that math, that gives you $75 a month. So you're going to say every single month, I'm going to set aside $75 specifically for any expenses that come up related to my car. Now, I do want to make one point with these. With sinking funds that are not time-bound, they don't have a due date, sometimes what can happen is that you don't need the money. You plan for the expenses to come up and lucky you, nothing comes up. Like you're planning for something in your house to break, but nothing in your house breaks. Or you're planning for something to happen with your puppy, but they're good, nothing happens. And you get to a point where you've been saving for a while and your sinking fund just keeps growing and getting bigger and bigger. Sometimes I do get the question of, well, when do I stop? At what point do I just say, I'm saving too much. I don't need to save any more towards this category until something actually happens and it's depleted and then I'll start saving again. That is really your call. Some people just continue saving because they just want to get ahead. But I would say once you've reached the point of having a year's worth saved, if you want to stop saving after that point because you're there, you've got a year's worth of expenses saved up, You can kind of table that money and put that money elsewhere for the time being until that sinking fund gets depleted for something and then you can continue saving again. So let's recap before we move to the last part of this. You're going to identify what sinking funds you need. You're going to figure out, is this a time-bound sinking fund or is this an annual contribution sinking fund? And then you're going to take the time to figure out how much you want to contribute to each sinking fund. And how we do that is we simply just take the total amount that we want to save, divide that by the amount of time that we have to get there, either in months or by paychecks, whichever one you want to do. Okay, so that's kind of the planning piece of this. That is the upfront work 
that you have to do to get your sinking funds just set up. You got to know which ones you have and how much you're going into them on a consistent basis. But after you've done that, then the next step is really just managing them, keeping them organized in a way that's clean and that's also easy for you to manage. So for this last piece, I'm going to give you three options. I do one of the options. I will tell you which one I do, but I'm not just going to tell you what I do. I'm going to give you three choices here. And as always, you can assess which one you like best and which one you think would work best for you. So once you have your sinking funds, the first way that you can track them and that you can keep them organized is doing it in a physical manner using what's called cash envelopes. Essentially what a cash envelope is, is you will have a physical envelope for each sinking fund that you have, and you will use physical cash to keep track of it. So when you get paid, you will go to the bank, you will withdraw the cash that you need. And you know, going back to our example of the car, if you say, okay, every single month, I'm going to put $75 into my car sinking fund, you would have a physical envelope that says car maintenance. And every single month, you would put $75 worth of cash into that car envelope. If you ever needed to use any of that money, you would use the cash in that envelope to pay for it. You can write on the envelope, you know, the date that you're putting money in and taking money out if that helps you keep track of it. But that is the first way is physical cash envelopes. I will say that there are pros and cons in my mind to this method. The con is that it's by far the most labor intensive, keeping track of the envelopes, withdrawing the cash. But the pros are for a lot of people is that a lot of people do spend less when they use physical cash to pay for things. And a lot of people really just do prefer to have physical cash. They want to see it. They want to touch it. It's just more helpful for them. So that's the first option is doing your sinking funds with physical cash envelopes. The second two options, options two and three, are electronic. And you guys probably know by this point, if you listen to the podcast, I am much more of a electronic type of gal. I just prefer technology. I think it's easier. I think it's simpler. I like to use technology in a way that will make my life easier where I can. And I think sinking funds is definitely one of those areas. So I use YNAB, You Need a Budget, to track and organize my sinking funds. How I do that is in my budget, I have a sinking funds section. And I've talked to you guys about the priority of your money. Your sinking funds are your fourth priority. And in my budget, my budget is set up according to these priorities. So at the very top of my budget, I have needs. I don't have a priority two because priority two are minimum debt payments since my husband and I are consumer debt free. But I have my needs. I have funding financial goals. Then I have my sinking funds. So I have a section in my budget for sinking funds that has a line item for each sinking fund. And then the last priority at the very bottom are my wants. Now, I really like tracking my sinking funds in YNAB because I have a line item for each sinking fund. And in YNAB, I can just open it up at any given point in time and I can look into the available column in YNAB. And YNAB will tell me exactly how much money I have earmarked towards each sinking fund. Each month, as I'm adding money into that sinking fund, I'm moving that money in YNAB. But also, if I ever have to use that money for something, if I ever have to use, let's say, the money in our pet sinking fund for something for Ellie or Poppy, I simply just log the expense in YNAB, and then I dock that expense, I assign that expense to my pet sinking fund in YNAB, 
and it pulls that money out of the pet sinking fund. The money is going to roll over month to month to month. So every month I can account for exactly how much I have in my sinking fund at any given point in time, all electronically. Now, I did say there's kind of two ways to do this. So here's what I'm going to tell you are the two ways. The two ways to do this really comes down to how you want to have your sinking funds organized electronically within your bank. So those are the two options I'm going to give you here. The first option is you can just keep the money in your checking account if you want to. And at first, if the thought of having separate accounts and transferring money and automatic transfers and all that stuff is just a little bit too overwhelming for you, then I would actually just recommend starting with this option of you keep the money in your checking account, but then you organize it within some sort of budgeting software like a YNAB. So in total, let's just say you have $1,000 assigned to your sinking funds. You're like, I've got $100 towards my car. I've got $200 towards my house. I've got $50 towards my pets, yada, yada, yada. You can have that organized in YNAB, but then that $1,000 is simply just going to be sitting in your checking account. But you can look in YNAB and clearly see like, okay, even though I have $1,000 sitting in my checking account, that $1,000 is spoken for. And here's exactly how it's spoken for. You can see that very clearly laid out. You organize everything in YNAB, but the money, the physical money for those sinking funds is just sitting in your checking account. Now, the second way to do it, which is definitely the more advanced option, you might have to work your way up to it, is that you keep your sinking funds in a savings account that has separate saving buckets. And I told you that I would tell you which option I do. This is the option that I do. I bank with a bank called Ally. I am a big fan of Ally. I'm not sponsored by them or anything. They're just who I personally use for banking. They are a complete online bank, but they are very tech savvy. And I'm also a really big fan of their savings accounts. A, because it's a high yield savings account, which means you're actually going to make some money off of the money that's in the savings account. But B, because they actually allow you to create savings buckets within your savings accounts which means you can have a pool of money, but within Ally, you can actually break out like, okay, even though I have $5,000 in this savings account, 1,000 of it is for travel, 500 of it is for taxes, 300 of it is for my insurance premium, so on and so forth. And so this is what I do. I keep all of my sinking funds in a Ally high yield savings account. It takes five minutes to open one up. You just go to ally.com. It's very easy very self-explanatory. But after you open it up, you have the option to create what they call savings buckets. And so what happens is, is that if you pull up my YNAB, you're going to have a list of all of my sinking funds and exactly how much I have in each sinking fund. And that perfectly matches my saving buckets in Ally. So think about it this way. I always say there's like a YNAB world and a real life world. So my YNAB world is just where I go to look at all of my finances in one place. But your YNAB world should always match your real life world, which is why if you look in YNAB, what I show in YNAB perfectly matches and reconciles to the savings buckets that I have in Ally. And Ally is where my money actually resides. Now, one more tip I will give you for this. Again, I'm all for automation. Let's make things easy where we can make things easy. If you are going to keep your money in a separate savings account, 
I highly recommend that you set up automatic transfers so that the money gets moved automatically for you and you aren't having to do a bunch of different transfers every single month. So what I do is every single month, I have an automatic transfer that happens on the 15th of each month because that's when my husband and I are paid. We're paid on the last day of the month and the 15th. So on the 15th of the month, we both get paid. But also what happens on the 15th is that Ally is automatically transferring money out of my checking account into each savings bucket. So what I did is that I went in and I told Ally, hey, Ally, listen, on the 15th of every month, here's what I want you to do. I want you to transfer $50 into my pet bucket. I want you to transfer $100 into my travel bucket. I want you to transfer $75 into my annual expense bucket. All of this is happening automatically without me having to do any work at all. The only work that I have to do is actually tracking this money in YNAB, which takes all of literally three seconds to do. Now, the last thing I'll address, I get asked, okay, well, what do you do when you actually need the money for something? Well, if I need the money for something, I simply just go into that savings bucket and I just transfer it out of that savings bucket into my checking account. So let's say I take Ellie and Poppy to the vet. I need $300 to pay for their vet bill. I will go into the pet savings bucket in Ally and I will move that $300 from the savings bucket into my checking account to cover that expense. That is really the only manual work I have to do with my sinking funds is when I actually need to use the money for something. And all it really is, is simply just a transfer. It's a transfer of the money from the savings to the checking. It takes all of 30 seconds to do. It's really not that much work. But that is how I manage and I organize my sinking funds. I track them electronically. I set up automations on the day that I'm paid just to take as much work and effort and energy off my plate. Okay, you guys, that is sinking funds. I know that was super fast and furious. (laughs) There was a lot of information in this episode. And I do want to say too, I know I've mentioned it in past episodes, but please get on the wait list for Money Love. Money Love is going to be a combination of practical implementation of all these tools that we walk through, but also a lot of mindset work. But within Money Love will be this entire process. There will be lessons of me actually helping you doing this process, identifying your sinking funds, planning your contributions amount, setting them up, keeping them organized, automating them. I just want you to think of your sinking funds like a system. There's going to be upfront work and energy that you have to expend to set them up. But once you do that, they're actually fairly easy and low key to maintain. But like I said, this is truly a step and a tool that you can use to really up-level your finances. It feels so amazing to be in a position of power and a position of control with your finances. And I'm just going to go back to, it doesn't matter how much money you make. I tell you guys that each one of us has equal opportunity to be proactive, to be future-focused, to think ahead, to do what's best for us financially in the long term, rather than doing what feels good in the moment. And sinking funds truly is a tool that allows you to do that. So I will actually be talking about sinking funds this week on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, just pop on over and join the community there. My handle is Paige L. Pritchard. And so if you have any questions about sinking funds that were not answered here, pop over on Instagram. We'll be talking about them all week. But 
Also feel free just to shoot me a DM and I'm happy to answer any questions that you have that I didn't get to address here. I love you all so very much. Thank you for being here for this very practical and jam-packed episode of the podcast. I love each and every one of you so much. Have an amazing week. I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.